2: and load. This is Steve Dace. The
0: Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. Aaron McIntyre is here with me as well. Uh, Let us know uh, who you are and what you think about what we think. You can email the program steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show, or we would prefer more and more of you migrate away from those censoring platforms and instead join us at places that don't try to censor us. Look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Parlor and Gab, and at Steve Dace Show on Getter. And then head over to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well, where you can watch clips of the show free of censorship and also free of charge. We have a Jam-packed show lined up for you here today, Theology Thursday. We will continue our weekly look into Scott Atlas's new book, A Plague Upon Our House. Remember, we've got three book studies lined up this year for Theology Thursday because this is the, 2022 is the year of, retcon, of reconnaissance. We have to learn mm-hmm. who the enemy is, how it behaves, so that we can better understand the tactics it takes to do something about it. Right,
2: and I'd like to thank you. Even not that we don't have a hundred reasons to be angry, for you to schedule this appointment with that I have to do every week, that the rage meter just automatically spikes. Thank you for that. That's I,
0: I could feel my rage meter spiking, so I made the decision because um, I was the kid when we in the eighties that got that read at the end of the um, of the choose your own adventure book because I hated to lose, so I wanted to choose the right one. All right. I I spent the flight down to Dallas and back uh, where we were. I was flying down there for the final photography for the nefarious film. I spent those two flights finishing this book. And the reason I did it is because I could tell on a weekly basis, man, I was going to lose my stuff reading this, okay? And I'm like, I'm just going to get it all out of the way right now because now I know what's coming. And I won't be surprised by it when we talk about it every week because he's now into the White House ecosystem with the chapter that we are doing this week. And I'm, I'm just going to warn you, it only gets worse and more disappointing from here. Okay? So we will continue that with Theology Thursday. We'll have three non-political questions. At the bottom of this hour, we will speak to a former Iowa state senator who our medical board is trying to cancel because he dared try to treat patients with ivermectin uh, and other early prophylaxis, if it can happen here, folks, I would argue that we, we are one of the few states that never did a stay at home. We were the first state to reopen by gubernatorial decree. We were the first state to uh, have high school sporting events return. If it could, you could argue we were the freest state in this union over the, over the long haul of covid stand. I mean, we were the first state to pass legislation that forever banned mask mandates in schools. I mean, (laughs) we've been pretty hardcore here in Iowa. So if it can happen here, and it can happen to a guy who's a former state senator and not some quack, then it can happen anywhere. And so we'll let you hear the story of Dr. David Hartsuch coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is
1: Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by this is CNN. CNN chief Jeff Zucker is out at the network following a revelation related to a lawsuit brought about by former CNN anchor Chris Cuomo that Zucker was having a romantic relationship with one of his subordinates, fellow executive Alison Gullist. Brian Stelter, your thoughts. You think about major newsrooms like CNN that have health
3: departments and deaths and operations that work hard on verified information on COVID-19. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have a
1: tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify. Speaking of Joe Rogan, the White House is using its bully pulpit to encourage a private company to censor its narrative enemies.
3: So
2: this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out misinformation and and misinformation while also uplifting accurate information.
1: The Biden administration announced yesterday they are deploying 3,000 troops to Eastern European countries like Romania and Poland. GoFundMe, the online fundraising tool the Canadian truckers were using to finance their protest has seized the $10 million fund for the truckers at the request of the Ottawa, Ontario city government. Meanwhile, the premier of the Canadian province of Saskatchewan has this to say. There's been a lot of discussion lately
0: about whether it's time for us in Saskatchewan to look at ending all of the remaining COVID measures and restrictions that we have in place. Well, I think it is time. That's what I am hearing that's what our MLAs are hearing from most of their constituents.
1: And now this, a whistleblower who works within a hospital system in Wisconsin came forward to our show with some data regarding increases over the three-year average in diseases and serious medical conditions from within just their hospital system. Before I tell you about this data this whistleblower shared with us, first here's this. Back in 1999, an RSV vaccine was pulled from the market after a reported 15 babies developed a serious blockage of the back After having received the shot, that's 15 babies out of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of vaccines that had been administered in 2005. The FDA pulled the arthritis drug marketed as Bextra manufactured by Pfizer from the market after studies indicated users were at two times the risk of a heart attack from taking the drug. In 1998, the drug marketed as Duract was pulled from the market as well after usage of the drug was linked to four deaths, eight liver transplants, and 12 cases of severe liver damage. About two and a half million prescriptions of the drug were written when it was on the market. By now that you get the idea, in the past, Drugs and vaccines were pulled altogether after scant minorities, serious as they are, but scant minorities nonetheless developed serious issues after taking said drugs or vaccines. Now this whistleblower data from the Wisconsin. Our whistleblower ran a report at their hospital system detailing the instances of maladies like miscarriages, cancer, and infertility and determined how many more unique patients they'd seen in 2021 over the three-year average from 2018 to 2020. This hospital system saw 17% more patients last year who had had a miscarriage over the three-year rolling average, 18% more cancer patients, 31% more neurological disorder patients, 19% more heart inflammation patients, 38% more female patients dealing with infertility, 17% more patients who had had a pulmonary embolism, and 20% more patients who had had strokes. That could be nothing. Could be. But probably not. In completely unrelated news, you remember this claim from attorney Thomas Renz during last week's forum hosted by Senator Ron Johnson. All three have given me this data. I have declarations from all three. This data is under penalty. uh, This is under penalty of perjury. We intend to submit this to the courts. Uh, We have substantial data showing that uh, we saw, for example... miscarriage is increased by 300% over the five-year average almost Uh, we saw almost 300% increase in cancer over the five-year average cancer is not being talked about except for by Dr. Ryan Cole thank you doctor Uh, we saw this one's amazing neurological so neurological issues which would affect our pilots over a 1,000% increase. 1,000. Uh,
0: t- 10 times. That's 10 times the rate, and obviously that... Res- 83,000 per
1: year... I'm sorry, 82,000 per year to, to 863,000 in one year. The military is now claiming that all this data the Rens shared was plagued by one giant glitch, no big deal, nothing to see here, and wasn't discovered conveniently until, you know, last week. And that's what happened? Well, we were away.
0: Mm, that is... That's a that's a powerful montage that Aaron put together there particularly at the end. We'll get more into it here in a second after I tell you about Keeps. You don't have to be sensitive anymore. Gentlemen, about your receding hairlines or male pattern baldness, because Keeps offers doctor-recommended, clinically proven, research-backed treatments to stop hair loss and improve hair growth. Their physicians will help you select the right products and treatments for your specific condition and hair goals, and all of their Keeps treatment plans are delivered straight to your door so it honors your privacy and uh, it honors your wallet. Uh, you get half about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy because they use the generics and cut out the middleman. There, your plan also comes with a full year of unlimited messaging, so you can connect with your doctor about anything, anytime. All right, and you'll get the same quality care from Keeps you get from any place else. To if you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take care of the hair that you have, Keeps has you covered. All right. And they offer you half off your first order to get you started today when you go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. In today's overtime, which we will record right after t- today's show uh, is out of time, we'll record the overtime right after today's show for Blaze TV subscribers and then upload it later today at blazetv.com slash dace, that's D-E-A-C-E, uh, we just so happen to have... A, I would say, uh, given the uh, some of the accolades she has earned, a future world-class athlete on her way uh, with a full-ride scholarship in not one but two sports to the University of Arkansas this fall, who just so happens to be your oldest daughter, Mr. Erzin. Uh, and she has written an op-ed in the local paper here uh, defending the integrity of gender and women's sports. And we're going to talk about that uh, coming up in the overtime today. You have to be a pretty proud papa. that's concerned
2: oh just listen to you talk i'm busting man um thanks for thanks for sharing i'm just madness is everywhere in this culture and a bunch of adults stand by and either passively accept it or clap it on and she's planting her flag and saying hell no
0: and and of course she's gonna um she's gonna out herself here right i mean she is she is willing to take on Uh, A certain stigma that a lot of people are afraid of by speaking out, which is why this kind of stuff goes on and on and
2: on. And you haven't read it yet, uh, but when we go over it, I think you're going to love it because she brings the data. So it's going to be a DACE uh, uh, value added. Appreciate it. We're getting into that in the overtime today
0: for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go to get a Blaze TV subscription today at a discount at blazetv.com slash dace. All right, let's get to the montage here. And a a quick question uh, before we get to what I want to spend most of the time talking about, and that is the... Data that we received from a Wisconsin whistleblower. Uh, they originally sent it to me. I gave it to you a few days ago to go back to that person, verify it, and everything checks out. Yeah. Right. So, um, the CNN thing, the the Cuomo is essentially going to war against CNN. All I can say about that is feast locusts. Yes, commence o festival feast locust and feast some more. Who am I to get in the middle of the Mensheviks versus the Bolsheviks? Just pass the popcorn. Uh, and it couldn't happen to a more deserving bunch. A quick question for you guys. If Fox News called Chris Cuomo and said, we don't need you to like go totally from keel to hero for our audience. You know, like a wrestling. This is pro wrestling jargon. Okay, we don't need you know um, Hulk Hogan to put down the NWO mantle and return to being a real American again. Okay, but we'll give you an hour a night to be the new Greta Van Susteren. Think he's enough of a man whore that he'd be like, "I'll take that kick. You
3: oh, know what he, I'm trying to
0: say? I think so. Like he, no, like no real beliefs. Like I don't have to. I don't have to be like a fake fake conservative, but I just have to be like um, even keeled and willing to listen, you know, like Greta van Susteren, Okay. If they said, Hey, you're our new Greta van Susteren, Is he like, I'm your Huckleberry. Would he, is he, in, is he, is he a committed ideologue or is this performance art? You make the call.
2: Oh, he'd take it for sure. But I swear to God, if you spoke this thing into existence just now, I'm coming after you <laughs> Hard. <laughs>
0: uh thankfully i think i'm I'm pretty confident i'm blacklisted at fox except for tucker (laughs) so um i i don't and if if there was one place you wanted an exemption that would be the show right but so i don't i don't think that they're like monitoring us for ideas but i'm i I was more thinking along along the lines of how committed is he how down with the struggle is he or is it performance art like clearly i think his last name's cuomo clearly there's some level of investment in the in the ideology on some level, right? I mean his last name is Cuomo. It's yes. a family legacy. But are we are are we as they used to say on Jersey shore, are we DTF? Cuz dudes got to get paid, if you know what I'm saying, right? Okay? Or are we like I'm wearing, you know, Che Guevara shirts to work, you know, during the day cuz committed. I don't think it's the I latter. No. I don't. Oh no. No, I I don't think it's the latter. So I think if Fox was like, how do you feel about being the new Greta? I, I think he'd be like, I'm DTF, man. Yeah, I'm in. Sure. What you paying me? I think he would do it. That's my read. You know an interesting agree. is, and is I there it. anybody,
1: is there anybody in the CNN lineup that is Shea Guevara committed? Now, see, I was thinking about making it out of fake news or not in the future.
0: Because I don't even think Don Lemon is. See, I don't know. Do you think Anderson Cooper is? In fact, let's do this right now really quick, lightning round, because I do want to talk about this Wisconsin data. Lightning round, though, all right? Yes or no, I got to, first of all, think if I know who was on CNN. I, I know Lemon, I know Cooper, I know Cuomo, who's not anymore. Like, I don't know if I can mention, I, those might be the only names I know, okay? So, are they, would they be willing to go to
1: Fox to be their new Greta Van Susteren? Don Lemon. Cooling off period. Put out a couple of tweets. Wow, the left has really gone crazy. Kind of, you know, fake that. And then, yeah. All right, so you think he would be?
2: I don't think... I don't... It doesn't have to be either. I don't think he would, but I also... I, don't, I think very few of these guys are Che Guevara. They, they mostly exist just to hate the other. They, That's true. They mm-hmm. don't have their own well-formed ideology on any level.
0: Okay. Um, then Anderson Cooper.
2: <sighs> would he... Uh, I don't think he would. Uh, no. I think out of those three, I think Cuomo is the only one who would. And is
0: there anybody else over there? I don't know who else is Tapper. on. Tapper, That's right. Okay. Would Tapper do it? Uh, Yeah. I, I absolutely think he would do it. Because he kind of had that persona pre-Trump a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, he was a lot of Republicans and conservatives' favorite uh, yeah. lefty. And we'll never let him have it again. Lefty news guy to cite, right? And and then Trump came along and he kind of abandoned that, you know, so, um, well, really abandoned that, I guess I should say. So, yeah, I could see him reverting to form for the right amount of money. I could see. All right. Let's get to this Wisconsin data, Aaron, that you had in your montage today. So, again, to reiterate, this comes from a healthcare worker in Wisconsin. We, of course... Um, this person sent it to us several days ago. We just didn't run on the air with it. I get sent stuff all the time. We wanted to verify its authenticity, not just the data, but the source that sent it to us. I gave that assignment to you as show editor. Uh, You checked in and verified everything with the source and the data, then got back to me and said, all right, we're good to go. And then I said, all right, let's, let's get this in the montage today because I want the entire audience to see this because and and i not even mention this to you Aaron you did this on your own cuz great minds think alike but it jives with the data that Thomas Renz and our Dan, uh, uh, and our Daniel Horowitz further elaborated on that was originally within the US military's epidemiological database so for those of you that don't know how that works all right um within the within the Pentagon there is an epidemiological database that physicians and others can go into to check in on the health history of of those that are enlisted. And just like with our traditional medical system, things get, you know, certain maladies and uh, surgeries and, and things get a code. Okay, so the w- w- when Renz gives you those huge numbers, he's not giving you like specific individual cases, but the amount of codes, meaning one person may end up having three or four of these codes okay mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying all right um, if you had a stroke or a heart attack then you may end up having two or three other codes that go along with that as secondary afflictions caused by that original malady all right so it's not you know i think there's uh, one and a half million people i think currently enlisted or somewhere in there in the military it's not the total amount of people out of 100 million one and a half million we didn't have 800,000 people with uh, cancer That's not what happened. You just had that many codes, okay? So um, this is what we see in this Wisconsin data that anecdotally affirms this at the exact same time. So just to reiterate, all right, and our whistleblower went over a three-year average. Now, why not go further? Hospital systems update their codes every few years. There's new diagnoses, there's new technologies, there's new treatments. All right, So th- these codes get updated every few years. I think in the, in the military, it gets updated every five years. That's why the military whistleblowers went back to 2016. I'm guessing that the reason, and I don't know this, and I probably should have had you ask our whistleblower, but I'm guessing the reason that they gave us a three-year average is because they, uh, that's when they last updated their codes, or some of their codes have now been updated in a, in a COVID world from where they stood before. Okay. Um, did they give you that information or anything at all? Do you know why they no, chose three years? I mean, that's
2: actually one of the... It's a good question. I just assumed three years it was to make sure that this was in no way taken out of context. Well, right, I mean, this still gives you good yes. data
0: because you're also looking at... I mean, we're talking about a what was an influenza-like illness before and is more of a cold-like illness now. So it went from... A, um, uh, I, ILI, influ- influenza-like illness, to a CLI, a cold-like illness, is how it's kind of categorized now with Omicron. But this would also encapsulate the the uh, the the flu season prior to COVID, which was considered one of the worst we had had in many, mm-hmm. many years. Kind of funny how that worked out, right? When you get to the whole, how do you flatten the curve if you sure. don't know when it began? It just so happens the flu season before right. this all started was one of the worst we had had in quite a while.
2: And we all ju- we all lived our lives, mm, Steve. Yeah. amazing.
0: Interesting timing, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is. So again, just to reiterate, um, miscarriages thirty six percent over w- w- went went from seventeen percent to thirty six percent. I'm sorry, no, a thirty six percent increase. My bad. increase in miscarriage diagnoses, 17% increase in unique patients. That means that they had several patients that had multiple miscarriages. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. Uh, Cancer, a 24% increase in cancer diagnoses, an 18% increase in unique patients. Neurological issues, a 95% increase. In neurological issues, a 31% increase in unique patients. That means a lot of people had reoccurring neurological problems and kept coming back. Myocardial, myocardial infar- 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 infraction. This is myocarditis. All right, this is the heart inflammation. All right? a, a 2% increase in diagnoses, but a 19% increase uh, in unique patients. Patients, Female infertility, look at this number, 112% increase in diagnoses, 38% increase in unique patients. That goes along with, uh, pretty well with the miscarriage number. Um, pulmonary embolisms, these are blockages, 16% increase in diagnoses, 17% increase in unique patients. Cerebral issues, 20% increase in diagnoses. A 20 percent increase in unique patients. Now here's what I find fascinating to discuss. This comes from a um, this comes from a health system in Wisconsin. This data that has let's, that has a few hundred beds within its system, fair. I don't want to give this specific number because I don't want to out our whistleblower. Right. And I fear I might do that. Okay. So. It's it, a
2: mid-sized mi- yes, Midwestern yes. system.
0: Good. All right. A few, a few hundred beds within the system. So this is a relatively small sample size. It's not like the military with one and a half million. I, th- I think that's the number. Or it's thereabouts. One and a half million people currently enlisted. All right. Here's the question, though. Does, that, does the small sample size, in your view... Add to the potency of this data or or detract from it. Because I tend to think it adds to it in that you would have a fairly stable within that kind of a health size of a health system. You're not you're not if you if you have something unique going on, something emergency going on, this would not be this would be this would be the kind of system that would refer you to something larger with more technological or cutting edge opportunities you know this uh-huh. isn't where you go to for things that are unique or outliers right, right. okay and so you, this would i would guess have a pretty static or stable rate of who its patients are what it's what with the epidemiology trend lines and um diagnostic trend lines of the of the clients that it typically, the patients it typically serves, Mm -hmm. I would imagine this would be a fairly stable or staticky environment, not counting something like a COVID or a jab with a very high risk variance um, with mass injections in the populace. Do you think that's a fair assumption?
2: Yeah, based on everywhere across the world that got hit, Uh, first and hardest was based on uh, high density and, you know, rural it it ultimately it came for everyone. But yeah, I I think it speaks to the fact that if, if uh, a a system like this is seeing major outlier numbers with that, with
0: that static, typical sample of of what it sees in a given year i I would guess a system of this size pre-covid had a pretty good idea of how many cancer patients it would see in the year how many cardiac patients it would see in a year right right and there may be some fluctuation there a few Mm -hmm. points one way or or another but nothing at all like what we're seeing here
2: right and nothing and so in terms of a a lot of ways uh a, a place like this didn't get hit as hard, generally speaking, as a high-density hospital Correct. area, S- but if they're getting hit just as hard with these these kind of numbers, and you're saying that they are, yeah. that it speaks to your initial premise. And this is the key too: is 2020
0: is included in the three-year average, right? And so the COVID year is included in these things because you know you can have myocarditis with any viral outbreak. Before we get into that, with a because we had that debate in 2020 about playing sports, right? Mm-hmm. All right. We have any new viral outbreak, you, there's a risk of myocarditis is what the Mayo Clinic said to college football back in 2020 when we were covering mm-hmm. that. And so that's not unique to COVID, but to any sort of major viral outbreak, you can have that. So when you look at the myocarditis numbers, a 19% increase in unique patients from 2021 to 2020 would have been included in that three-year average. How do you explain that? What What's the... You can explain maybe a couple of these um, without bringing in the jab or a side effect issue. You could look at the cancer issue and say, man, a lot of people did not get the early screening detection uh, or, you know, the, the sorts of things that Scott Atlas was on our show warning everybody about in 2020 during shutdowns. Right. But there are there are things in here when it gets to female infertility, for example, that are clearly highlighted in the vares side effects database for for the covid jab that i know correlation isn't causation man but this is just way too this is this is way too coincidental to not have some level of of of, of correlation to causation here
2: and steve when you have the the individual crimes uh against the, the people living in the here and now that justifies nuremberg uh, style tribunals all by themselves but this issue goes past that to more civilized if this really is going to impact at that level the ability for women to reproduce we we have a civilizational bomb that has been planted in an entire generation if not two generations of young women I want
0: to correct something. I mixed up two lines there between myocarditis and myocardial infarction. That is a heart attack. So those two lines were separated in the chart she gave us. I mixed them together. So my mistake on that. I I wanted to correct that. So that's a rise in heart attacks uh, Mm -hmm. uh, as as well as the elevated issues of myocarditis. So
2: can you imagine if we find out in the next five and 10 years that an entire segment of our population can't reproduce?
0: Um, will we find that out? That's my question. Will we find that out? It's like the, who would we rely on to tell us this? Yeah. I mean, it's in like all the, the areas that you issue precedents that you mentioned, Aaron, the official channels are mm-hmm. who came forward to say, hey, we need to stop that. Who would, which of the official channels right now would you believe that would do that?
2: senator ron johnson i mean that's that's it apparently i
0: mean yeah who's gonna tell that story that's the point that's the point of censorship Yes, I remain America's self-appointed Built Bar tester, and I can personally attest during the last commercial break that Mint Brownie, the flavor that originally sold me on Built Bars, I started with one of my favorite flavor combinations, chocolate and mint. The flavor that originally sold me on what I now can confirm is the greatest protein bar of all time is still as good as the first time I tried it a couple of years ago and they've got so many great flavors. They come out with new flavors all the time. All of them covered in real chocolate loaded with protein up to 17 18 grams of protein. Per bar or per puff, if you like marshmallow flavored stuff, they have a whole line of those too. Not loaded with calories, so most of them are 150 calories or less. Sugars, 7 grams of sugar or carbs or less. You can't beat it when it comes to flavor and health at the exact same time. So use my last name as your promo code when you go to Built.com for Built Bar. Built.com for Built Bar, use the promo code DACE, 15%, percent Your 1st your next. Your second next, your next next. I've done like 35 next orders now. Uh, built.com, promo code DACE to get 15% off today. Well, here in Iowa, and you guys know this because we have been uh, kind of filling you in as we've gone along here since the dawn of what I like to call COVID stand uh, 23 months ago. We have lived as free as and maybe freer Than any state in the union. We were one of only a handful of states. That did not do a stay at home order. For example. We were the first state to reopen. By gubernatorial decree. We were the first state. To have high school sporting events. Um, This has been. Freer than even places like Texas. For the last 23 months. Which had an outdoor mandate. um, Outdoor mask mandate. Outdoors in the summer. Under Greg Abbott last year. Which is why. You guys need to know about this story because if it can happen in our backyard, then it can absolutely happen everywhere. Right now, a couple of physicians, and one of them joins us now. He's a former state senator, Dr. David Hartsuch. A few physicians here in the state of Iowa are under the gun Uh, From some of the public health officials who have shown over the last 23 months, they just frankly can't be trusted on any level whatsoever, Uh, but they are being targeted for daring to actually try to treat people with COVID-19. With something other than go home, uh, self-isolate, hopefully you'll get over it in a few days. If you can't, when you can't breathe, come to the hospital and we'll put you on a ventilator and then it's a flip of a coin that you ever get the hell out of here. Uh, They chose to actually look at data over 70 studies worldwide that show things like ivermectin works, hydroxychloroquine works when it's used as early prophylaxis, particularly uh, in relationship to an overall treatment cocktail. So, David, first of all, long time no see, brother. How are you?
3: Really good, Steve. It's great to be on your show today.
0: So start by just taking a few minutes here and just telling your story. What happened?
3: Sure. Uh, Yeah, I think my story started last year. I have a great deal of respect for the Iowa Board of Medicine. And uh, I had submitted a petition to the Iowa Board last year uh, when they came out uh, in opposition to the use of hydroxychloroquine. They had put out a statement about three days after Donald Trump called hydroxychloroquine a game changer. And they basically said in the the statement that you better not use it, it's dangerous. And we're watching it. And this was very threatening to a lot of doctors. And so they got the message loud and clear not to treat COVID with either hydroxychloroquine or Zithromax for that matter, which is commonly used for all kinds of bronchitis. Um, it it, it kind of, I found that kind of interesting that they included Zithromax as not to treat COVID with, you know, so I submitted a, a, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, uh, Harvey Rich at Yale University School of Medicine came out with a study that showed that the, um, that when treated early, you can reduce the risk of hospitalization and death for that matter by treating COVID early on. So I, re- I petitioned the Iowa Board of Medicine to change their policy to officially consider it. And they finally took up the issue shortly before the November election in, in late October. And basically they put out a revised statement that said, hey, we weren't intending to keep anybody from using hydroxychloroquine, but if you're gonna do it, you, know, you still gotta meet the same standard of care that all doctors have to follow. So with that, I started using hydroxychloroquine in my patients, and I started um, a, a practice actually on the side, I'm an emergency medicine doctor, but many of the hospitals came down with a decree that said don't use this, et cetera. So the, the hospitals have been clamping down on the use. Uh, but as I started using hydroxychloroquine, uh, very soon I realized that it, it works very well my patients were getting better and their friends were getting worse. And so they, just by word of mouth, I never advertised at all. Uh, They kept coming to me and saying, hey, could could you prescribe this? And um, I would do uh, visits, telemedicine or in my office. Some of them were in my office as well. Uh, However, the pharmacies were not informed of the change in policy. The Iowa Board of Medicine chose not to inform the licensees of the change in their policy. So many doctors, most doctors never even knew of the change in their policy. And shortly thereafter, I decided to change to ivermectin largely because I think it's a better drug. I think the research supports that. And also um, availability. While they were clamping down on hydroxychloroquine, Mm -hmm. it was easy to get ivermectin. Mm -hmm. So I've been using ivermectin for over a year now. Uh, with a great deal of success in my patients. Uh, however, the last maybe three months or so, we've started to see the supply kind of dwindle. More and more physicians, uh, more and more pharmacists are choosing not to fill the prescriptions. And they say it's because the FDA, it's not FDA approved. You know, it's an off-label thing. And um, and so I started. I started sending my patients out with a a sheet that showed exactly what the Iowa law was. Iowa law says you cannot discriminate against patients for any disease state. But all these pharmacists were saying, "No, we won't we won't fill that prescription if it's for COVID." So that's an ex- explicit violation of the law. And so I would send them out with a uh, give them a page to take with them. And uh, and ask them to please put in writing why it is they're doing. Of course, none of the pharmacists would would uh, commit this to writing, but the patients did. We've been collecting data on this, and slowly, slowly, we've seen the number of uh, pharmacists willing to fill a prescription shrink to zero. And so um, that put that put my patients between a rock and a hard place. And uh, one of my patients actually. Uh, Submitted a uh, complaint to the Iowa Board of Pharmacy. Uh, they came back and with a letter that said that uh, they've thoroughly investigated this matter of discrimination and and they found no mer- uh, they, they they've found that they've decided not to take any action. Okay, and I can't imagine how they could thoroughly investigate it when they never talked to me, the prescribing physician. And um, what did happen later on? is a complaint was filed against me which appears to be related to this and um and so they've asked for information about that patient their records etc and um and uh, so we're, we're we're in the process of responding to that
0: so one of your patients went to the iowa board of pharmacy and said you guys don't have a license to practice medicine you have no no right whatsoever to get between a patient and a doctor." Uh, fill my prescription, otherwise it's discrimination. Uh, the Iowa Board of Pharmacy said, actually, yeah, our pharmacists do get to practice medicine without a license. They get to get between a doctor and a patient and decide what prescriptions they will fill and what diagnoses they uh, do or do not agree with. Um, and, and instead, they came back at you for daring to be a doctor. That's essentially the story, right? That's essentially what went on here?
3: I, I think that's a fair, ass- a fair assertion. I've, I've talked with the uh, head of the Iowa Board of Pharmacy, and he said that pharmacists are free to do what, what they want and, and not fill prescriptions that they think are unsafe. However, how come it is that most of these pharmacists fill these prescriptions for the the broadest part of the year, mm-hmm. but only the last three months? We've seen the the number of pharmacists shrink to zero. What would they define
0: just- as unsafe? What's the metric for that?
3: Well, the FDA—it's not approved by the FDA. That well, both both though.
0: drugs are approved by the FDA, Dave. They're not—they're they not, they're the not part of COVID both. guidelines. But these are—they're right. both—they are both FDA-approved drugs, as you know. Hydroxychloroquine's been FDA-approved for like sixty years. Ivermectin Correct. just won the years. just just won the Nobel Prize in two thousand and fifteen. You know, right. but but they, so they both are approved. So we get into pharmacists now are making diagnoses. They are determining whether something off-label can be repurposed for another malady. They are making that determination as if they are a doctor. That's what they're doing. Right. They're practicing medicine without a license. Right.
3: That's. I think that summarizes it. Um, in in December, there was a report in the Gazette that 17 physicians... That's the Cedar Rapids Gazette they're for they're our
0: concerned. audience around the country that wants to know what he's referring to. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Oh,
3: yeah, I'm sorry. The, the, that paper... Ah reported uh, that 17 physicians were called up for the same the same problem, um, spreading misleading information, uh, and also for prescribing drugs off label for the treatment of COVID.
0: This is actually a tremendous opportunity for you guys. Do you realize that? that I do. Typically, I do. typically they just want to shun you guys and and not have to address you and give you a platform. Right. Because if they if they have a hearing, you get to bring your evidence, you get to bring your data and bring this into the sunlight. This is actually a tremendous opportunity if they want to go down this road.
3: I agree. I agree entirely, Steve. I felt that way because the issue is one of standard of care
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and standard of care, because in originally the Iowa Board of Medicine felt that they had the right to regulate drugs. And I think my original petition kind of shot that out of the water. Mm-hmm. And they came back with the issue that, okay, well, we don't really have that that uh, right to not use certain medications, but we do have the right to determine what is standard of care for medicine. And I think that the, the problem is with the board is that they have not informed the licensees of their change in policy. And the result is that most doctors, very few doctors, uh, really know what the true policy of the board is because they haven't been informed of. It. So the result is when a patient comes down with COVID, they simply say, well, there's nothing I can do. I can't even, I can't even write for Zithromax. So therefore uh, if you get worse, just go to the hospital and uh, will you know, we'll see you later. I think that's a form of abandonment. And so yeah. standard of care is not um, it doesn't mean standard care. Standard care is what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. What everybody is doing is saying to their patients, "Sorry, I don't take care of COVID. Go elsewhere. If you get sick, go to the hospital." So there, that's a form of abandonment, and that's not the that is not standard of care. Standard of care says you got to do what you can do. Uh, with all my patients, I always tell them, "You have a primary care doctor, and have you called your primary care doctor?" The answer is always yes. And they're not willing to do anything. Go to the hospital. It's this universal message. And I feel that I feel that patients deserve more.
0: All right. So I've got about 90 seconds here. What what's what what's the next step in your in your case? What happens next?
3: Well, right now, the the board has only issued a, uh, a request for information. OK, so there are any charges or anything like that. It's it's. It's just asking for information
0: so well i'm I mean, going to let awesome. you know i've awar- i have alerted the governor of the state of your case all right i appreciate that all right i have i have taken care of that but right but frankly i want them to come after you at this level if you don't i hope you don't mind me saying that i think it would benefit us all for them to say we're going to drag you into a hearing before uh the pharmaceutical board and the board of medicine and okay, let's bring this data. Let's bring some witnesses because you get to share your side of the story too and bring this into sunlight. I don't think they'll do that. I think this is, tr- this is an attempt to intimidate you to stop is what I believe it is.
3: I think it is. And I think, in fact, it may have been uh, haphazard on their part. Uh, and uh, one of the things is, I've, I've, I'm really well aware of the laws of Iowa. Section 686D.6, 1B, it specifically says it gives tort protection for doctors or pharmacists who prescribe or fill prescriptions for off-label indications in the treatment of COVID.
0: So basically, you're covered like from a right to try, essentially, is what we're talking about under Iowa. I don't Iowa think law.
3: so. No, that, yeah. that's considered for a liability. Okay, tort liability. But it clearly indicates that the intent of the legislature was to encourage this, and not and and not leave your patients in a lurch. Um, if there are off-label indications for or off-label drugs that can be used for the treatment of COVID, they should be used. That's what the legislature is saying.
0: Dave, keep us uh, up to date on this story. If, if there's any further movement on it, we will certainly highlight it. But again, brother, I'm hoping that they come full bear. I think it'd be an excellent opportunity to present data that they have pretended doesn't exist here for the last 20 plus months. All right. God bless you, man. Good to see you again.
3: Thanks a lot, Steve. You
0: have a good day. You you too.
2: Take care. Any thoughts on that? Just continue to be disgusted by the... It's a good word. ...the two silos of expertise. One is allowed to go on rambling with no checks whatsoever and given power, like Fauci, that he doesn't have in any way, shape, or form, and allowed to basically run the world. And then doctors everywhere, like this guy, just shut up, be quiet, your your expertise means absolutely nothing with the patient right in front of you and the results you've seen, none of that matters.
0: Let your patients die. that
2: That's a Gollum level of insanity mm-hmm. that we have allowed to persist for the last two years.
1: That's a tremendous analogy because I keep seeing this. I, guys, I don't know if you, if you remember last year. Maybe it was in 2020 as well. It would have been last year. We would see... Uh maybe once or twice. I felt like we we'd see a couple of pictures of middle school or high school band concerts, and the kids would be wearing masks and playing their instrument. The, the masks would have a
2: hole yeah, cut in them. It's going them, on right now.
1: And it hole cut in them to be able to play their instrument. I thought, that's funny. That one crazy school district in whatever it was, Colorado, or can't remember where it was. It's, I see those pictures like every week now. Mm-hmm. I, the Gollum level, as Todd just said, the clutching to their idol of science. Uh, the science has proven that uh, Ivermectin is horse dewormer, and the, the vaccines are safe, effective, and uh, whatever. And uh, that's that's what we're dealing with here. It's, it's fundamentally not necessarily a bureaucratic state it's not necessarily fundamentally um uh I- anything that could just be explained by incompetence it is a nefarious idle clutching whether it's this issue with uh, treatment whether it's the vaccines whether it's the masks it is idle clutching
0: which is why i hope they bring charges and let's have a hearing let's mm-hmm. let's gather at mount carmel Hmm. You bring your best and we'll bring ours and let's let the truth prevail. Thank you. Back here with our two live and on demand on blaze TV radio and podcast. Apologize some, some of you that uh, are watching the live feed on blaze TV or Pluto had a little uh, technical glitch Uh, At the start of the show, uh, they've got, which is weird, a massive snowstorm. Not here. I mean, I I don't know if you guys have seen the 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 track line of this incredible storm here in the country going on right now. It it stretches from like Texas to you know you know like Pennsylvania or something, and yet somehow we are out of this. It's kind of it kind of it's like this massive curve that that envelops half the country, and somehow. We escaped now. It's it's colder than a witch's nip outside in Iowa today, but it's supposed to be like 40 tomorrow and like for the next couple of weeks, you know, so Texas is getting the worst of the winter uh, right now uh, where the blaze is located down there in Dallas. And so um, they've got tons of issues and crew issues. So we had a bit of a technical glitch. I think you guys might have seen something you weren't supposed to see yet from what I'm hearing. Really? I think one of the evergreens we recorded. That's impossible. Okay. Yeah. Because someone made... I got emails from people about, uh, is is this an alternative universe? And that's what got me thinking that um, maybe... Oh, no. Unless it was no. just they were watching something from they, the past, yeah. maybe? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. What am I referencing? You'll maybe find out in the future. Okay. But uh, we apologize for that technical glitch there at the start of the show. That, but, you know, if you're a podcast listener, this is going to be... Like nothing happened to because we started this on time and you didn't miss anything at all. And you can go back and get the podcast today or watch the show once it's archived in its entirety over at blaze tv.com slash let us know what you think. About what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can do by emailing the program, Steve at SteveDace.com. You can look for us as well. Uh, look for Steve Dace uh, on uh, Twitter, or no, at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and uh, as well on Getter, and then Steve Dace on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab, and then get clips of the show for free to watch that are free of censorship over at rumble.com slash Steve Show. Uh, those aforementioned podcast listeners, thank you. If you have yet to do so, please leave us a five star review. Uh, And hit subscribe or follow. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. Uh, As it becomes more and more apparent that corporate America hates us. It becomes more and more pertinent for us to do business with those who share our values as opposed to trying to destroy them. And there's one way we can pretty much all do this because it's hard to function in society today without a mobile phone. So make the switch like my family did. uh, We made the switch. We were with T-Mobile for 20 years. Finally decided enough is enough. Let's make the switch to Patriot Mobile. And admittedly, we put it off for quite a while because we were like, this is going to be a big hassle. We've got five phones and different plans. You know, because you want your teenagers to have access to a phone for emergency purposes, but not all the data that you have. And we need new phone. It just we thought it was going to be a big hassle. It wasn't. We We should have made the switch sooner than we did. I think we made the switch last November. Haven't ever looked back. Uh, we've got all the same coverage and everything else, and even we're able to upgrade our phones, all right? So they will find a plan that is customizable for you, and then you have the peace of mind of knowing that your money's not going to people that hate you, all right? And if you're a veteran or first responder, you get even bigger discounts at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, and if you use the offer code DATE, you'll get a free activation as well at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Dace, actually. Did I say Steve or Dace? Both of them work. Both work. Okay. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. All right, let's get to Theology Thursday, which is going to turn this thing over the next numerous weeks, guys, is going to turn into an anger management class. I'm just going to warn you, okay? Because we are talking about uh, Scott Atlas's new book, Uh, A Plague, I get that in the camera there? A Plague Upon Our House. My fight at the Trump White House to stop COVID from destroying America. I have gotten to the end of this book. It, uh... Several times reading it on the plane back and forth to Dallas last week, I had to stop and pause. Because it's not that I wanted to hurt people. I needed to. Okay? Like... Someone needs someone needs the ass whooped for this. Someone does, just on just on sheer principle. This needs to happen. And the book doesn't pull any punches. It does not, at all. This this could have also been titled Scott Atlas Unloads. All right, and we've kind of been, you know gingerly coaxed into this cautionary tale in the first couple of chapters. But chapter three is now where he makes his debut in the West Wing. And I promise, man, the rest of this book from here is a straight dive slide to Gamora is what the rest of this is. So prepare yourselves because you're about to see what happens when the people we... We, we put in our place in a representative form of government are not prepared on any level at all to confront the spirit of the age that is unraveling them or worse are agents of the spirit of the age themselves. And I can promise you reading this with every page you turn, it only gets worse. It only gets worse. Where do we even want to begin? Todd, you have a disgusted <laughs> shaking of your head the whole time I was talking there. The floor is yours. Where would we like to start?
2: It's funny. He's he's talking out loud about, you know, the the science will prevail and he's kind of the the plucky optimism like he comes sooner. into this
0: believing this is a yeah. key point yeah you've heard me say on the show before that all Puritans start out as pilgrims right mm-hmm. okay he does come into this right thinking maybe they just don't know this stuff yeah right yeah and so I'm going to be there and I'm going to present the data and everybody everybody's going to be like oh wow all right he comes into this with that sort of I mean he's not naive he he he's no, hesitant no. about getting involved with the political arena because Agreed. of what can happen but from but he really thought science would prevail he didn't trust the political process he trusted no. science he thought that science would prevail and he's about to begin
2: learning. Isn't that it back on the bumper, man? What is science? Yeah, even in the Trump White House, what is it? And even Kushner, I think it was the one who told them, they're going to hate you for this. Just And he's like, how could they hate me? I'm just going to be given information. Yes. And But there's a point in that chapter where he, he had moved back to California and he thought he could do this long distance and he realized that wasn't going to work. So he comes back and he's there. And he like instantly, re, I can't remember what he said. He was just like, oh, it, this is going to be terrible, isn't it? And th- the story... About meeting Burks and this frosty sit down uh with her and one of the things that he was told before he actually met her when he was just gonna be in the orbit he instant he wasn't sitting in in their uh task force meetings right away he was watching them like on on the in the internal channel or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and then contributing afterwards. But they were purposefully like easing him into this thing. And they were telling him he had to hide his badge so that the team, Burks in particular, wouldn't see it and wonder wh- how long he was going to be there, which yeah, that should make you insane about Burks. But what it makes it even worse about they, they, they brought him all the way out there ostensibly to help a sinking ship. And then the instant he gets there, he's constantly being kept at arm's length of this whole thing in various ways. Yeah. I have a lot of contempt for Burks, but I'm telling you from Trump on the way down to, to, and he keeps uh, Atlas keeps saying I Atlas uh, the, the president did seem to want to go in a different direction. He was frustrated. That seemed genuine, but, Nothing changed that task force went out and said what it said and did what it did Mike Pence was going out from state to state leading it and that's that's just allowing Burks to be Burke. it the frustration has to end up fully in the lap of what your feeling is for Donald Trump because how do you how are you given more power than any man or woman in all of the world and you say you want to go in another direction and you continue to allow yourself to be cucked? Because that's what happened. I, I my love of, I I mean, I I get why people did not like Donald Trump and wanted to manipulate, and y- yes, even with all that power, with such a huge bureaucracy, I get it. But within the White House, just the White House. That's your ecosystem, your bureaucracy. Yes. yes. Th- that you allowed this to happen to you is purely on you. I, I don't know what to, else to say about that. I, it was unbelievable to break, really hide your badge. That, that, is this junior high? What are we doing here?
0: To me, the theological parallel I can think of to what you're talking about is there are, I can think of two. There are the, there are the Jewish kings who are called righteous But within Kings and Chronicles, the history, the original history of the uh, original covenant of the Jewish people that are considered righteous because they restored the worship of God. Okay, they restored essentially the the Shema hero Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God is one. There is only one God. They sort of restored this, but they don't go to the high places and absolutely do what must be done mm-hmm. in order to uproot the heresy and the evil that has a foothold in the culture. And so what went on in the high places? Um, the The Israeli, the, the Israelite people inherited uh, because they didn't fu- completely fulfill the mission of urban renewal in Canaan that God demanded. They often pulled up a little short, got squeamish or un- or, or unfaithful on several occasions, right? And so the, the intermingling of these, of these pagan peoples remains within the promised land, even while their kingdom is now ascendant within it, right? And the most common intermingling, not the lone one, there was Chamash, there was uh, Malek, um, or Malak, depending on how you want to pronounce it. But the most common one was Baal, B-A-A-L. And like a lot of the, the pagan deities of, of, in, in that era... Um, they would be, it would be a male god with a female consort who would be the fertility goddess. In the case of Baal, his consort was Asherah. And so what would happen is up on the high places where you presumably had a little bit more privacy, all right, they would essentially construct what we would call today like a red light district. All right? And so when you worshipped, when you practiced a ritual with the fertility goddess, well... Um, how are humans fertile? How do humans how do humans practice fertility? That's went on. That's what went on here. Uh, there were uh, prostitutes that were there to help you along with your fertility, uh, and later on they would even add male prostitutes uh, as well. Once it was just you got sick of just doing the simple, uh, you know, good old fashioned birds and the bees thing. Uh, and so and, and, and you've heard of maypoles. We gather around the maypole. You would you would gather around the Asherah pole. They would post these poles up on the high places and they would build these altars and they would build these uh, sort of sanctuaries to Asherah to practice their fertility orgies. And, you know, I don't know if this is this might shock some of you, but people really like sex. Breaking news. And so there were a lot of righteous kings who were willing to get rid of the immediate acknowledgement or worship of Baal as a false god or a demon. There weren't too many, though, that were really willing to risk the, the backlash of taking people's um, you know uh, leisure sex away. And so the list of kings that were willing to go to the high places and tear down the ashra poles—it's—it's—it's it, 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 a—it's a list about this big of kings that were willing to to restore the rightful worship of Jehovah, and it's about this small the kings that were willing to to go the extra mile and say we got to uproot this entire evil the whole thing's got to go the whole thing's got to go a very small list of kings that would do that, and in many respects that parallel is the Republican Party. They put out a tweet today. Stop masking kids in schools. Hey, man. October 2020 called and wants its damn tweet back. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So what happens is people like the folks working at this show and others, we've been doing all the heavy lifting on this for the last, you know, the whole masking kids in school thing for how many months now? 16, 17 months now. And now that it's clear that all the data is on our side, and it looks like we're probably minutes from winning this argument for good, because now, e- now even the, the, the Moreau's Dr. Moreau's on the other side are admitting now on CNN that cloth masks don't work, right? So now that it's clear we're pretty close to winning this battle, now suddenly Team GOP is like, and get, stop masking the kids in school, meaning that they will do the right thing unless it's hard, And then if it's hard, it's not the right thing anymore. And it becomes the right thing when it's easier. And that's what's going on here. What they didn't understand, and this is, again, why worldview matters so much. What they didn't understand is Atlas was going to make it easier for them. Hmm. He went there to make it easier for them. He was going to provide the clarity. He was going to give them what we just had the conversation with David Hartzich. Man, I hope they come after you, David. I hope they, I hope they subpoena. I hope there's a hearing. We want Elijah. Let's bring, you bring your, your data. They'll bring theirs. Let's have a Mount Carmel and let everybody decide for themselves. We want that clarity, right? He was, he went in there willing to be Elijah. Atlas went in there willing to say, I got, I got a little something, something for the prophets of Baal here. All right. I got a little something for the science. Science. We're going to try them apples. Let's do that. He was going to make it easy for them. He was willing to be the bad guy. He was willing to be... He was essentially willing to be the enforcer here. He was going to clean the place out. They wouldn't let him. That, to me... Is one of the things that is the most damning indictment that will that will prevail throughout the rest of this book. He was willing to do the thing. He was he wasn't he didn't want a long-term appointment. He wasn't looking to to parlay this and to be in the next head of the NIH. He went there, he went there to fumigate the damn place and hit control alt-delete and then go home. He only signed a three-month contract. He didn't want to do this long term. He wasn't angling for anybody's job. He was trying Trying to put the truth back on
2: track, and they wouldn't let him do it. And I expected Trump to be more confused going in, both on the politics and on the health. I just expected him to be kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And 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 so watching a a fight take place with a lot of jargon and things, maybe that were beyond. And it was, but I did not expect him. If this is true, maybe reading on, it becomes less true that he's not as authentic. But in this chapter, Atlas makes it seem he, he authentically I, wants to go a different direction. He wants he's to go. He's made the decision. Yes. And he still doesn't. Yeah. That is yes. mind boggling to me. Yeah, it's, it's worse. Oh, if he
0: was confusing, that would be bad. Yes, it's that he's not, but exactly. lacks the will to yes, act. Yes, that's my and point. And he's essentially like he is in some respects, and it's clear in this book as you get to the end that Atlas is trying to portray Trump in as positive a light as he can, like, but you can't escape it. the The videos we see of Jill Biden leading Joe or Jill mm-hmm. leading Joe around by the hand, all right, because he he's because he's not he's dementia rattled. In some respects, that is he's a kept man. He's patronized. He's patted on the head. And then, and then when, when they let him hold meetings and events, he totally violates the instructions that Mark Meadows and, and um, Kushner and others give him. And, and he does what you want him to do, but he never does it of his own volition. He's trapped in that Oval Office by the people that he surrounded himself with. That is, that is going to occur. We're going to have this conversation, I promise you, several weeks this is going to come up. It's a reoccurring event. He's a kept man. He's not the president. He's a kept man.
1: Aaron, what stood out to you? So I, I think I likened, well, last week I just said, you know, originally this is Romans 1 in action. And I think at one point I likened the White House staff to being sheep without a shepherd. Reading and continuing on now, I think that's too kind. The the, the whatever interval of time that was between when Atlas went to Washington uh, the first time, and tried to go back home and advise from his home in California, I mean, that was having no impact whatsoever. I, I think the more appropriate, and it was, I mean, they were just they're going every which direction again. Uh, once he got back to Washington, uh, at least that's the indication that I got. I, I think a more accurate description is probably uh, chaff in the wind. I mean, there, there was, it was directionless, rudderless in the White House. But as you guys have noted, there was a will from at the very top. The instinct at the very top with President Trump. The lockdowns are bad. I know what the problem is. There's a really powerful scene in Breaking Bad. At least it's powerful to me. It stands out to me. The context is too complicated to, to set up here. But uh, the character named Mike Armantrout goes to the main protagonist, Walter White. Walter wants to take a half measure in trying to deal with a problem. And uh, Mike Armentrout, he's now a hired basically hitman, bodyguard, kind of do-everything guy, a former cop from Philadelphia, this character. And he describes a time when he was on the force and he was uh, called to break up a domestic situation with a chronic wife abuser. And Mike beat this wife abuser within an inch of his life. But decided to let him go, and he said, "Within a week, he came back, and the wife abuser had completely slaughtered his wife. He took a half measure when he could have taken a full measure, and he should have taken a full measure. Hmm. And the point was never do the half measures. Bringing Atlas to Washington, putting him on the White House task, uh, its coronavirus task force, that in and of itself was a half measure." It's just a half measure. The full measure is getting Fauci and Burks's and Redfield's ass out of there. Like yesterday. And as you noted, they didn't have the will to do that. So what did... What, what was the consequence of all of that? What was the consequence of that half measure? The consequence was... We're still talking about this two years later, guys. Yes. Yes. Because they didn't have the will to do anything. He knew what needed to be done. I I cannot believe... I cannot believe we're talking about this. Two years later, people with authority and power to do something knew what needed to be done. And it would have been good for them to do that. But they didn't have the will. It would have been even in their self-interest to do it. It would have been in their self-interest to do it. But they didn't have the will. I, I cannot believe... I cannot believe we're talking about this. And again... Atlas is not a guy... I was shocked how, how, how he went out of his way to make Trump look uh, good in this book. He's not a guy to overstate things or project things whatsoever. I, I just... I, reading this, I'm at my, 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 my wits' end. There would maybe be some pockets around the country two years later that might be doing some stupid things. I, I just... It just boggles the mind... That there was somebody with all of that power and all of the bully pulpit who knew what needed to be done and still did nothing. What's that old phrase? What's that old saying about uh, evil only succeeds when good men do nothing? That's Mm -hmm. borne out right here.
0: There's been a lot of conversation within evangelical circles over the last few years since Trump's emergence about the Lord using problematic people. And that's a fallacy. The Lord can only use problematic people because there are only problematic people, right? Mm-hmm. There's only problematic people. There's only sinners to use. He can only use sinners, therefore. So that argument is a fallacy. But it, but if it weren't meant to defend, you know, a political campaign, and if it was being made in a larger theological context, this is actually a very salient point. See, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the glory of God and for those called according to his purposes. Because God is sovereign, this universe, all of it, and all of us, the good and the bad of us, is raw material that he can use. The same predilections and impulses and reactiveness that um, was inside of Samson that he could not control on his own that found him earning a rewards card at Canaanite brothels is also, though, when channeled by the Spirit of God, what lends him to plunging the the twin towers of the to the demon fish demon Dagon down into the dirt similar story with king david a similar story with peter it shouldn't be a shock at all that the same that the impetuous peter who jesus at one point says get behind thee get me behind me the satan later says feed my sheep those same instincts those same desires are your undoing when you when when you have them and if this sounds a little autobiographical i i i i resonate with this a little bit those same aspects of your persona when when they are acted upon only in your flesh are ultimately going to be your undoing you cannot sustain righteousness with them you can do like one or isolated heroic acts or bold acts But you can't sustain righteousness with those instincts, those desires, those behaviors. You can't do it in your own flesh consistently. You can't. And they will ultimately end up being your undoing and the undoing of others. But brother, when they are powered by God's spirit, well, now you've got a wrecking ball on your hands. You got Nehemiah. Yeah, you know what? I'm enjoying my retirement up here in Susa, but y'all each ass is whooped from what I'm hearing. So I'm just the man that got appointed for the job and I beat them and I pulled out their beards. Lord, remember me for what I did for these for what I did to these people for you. What's the key there? And I lost my temper. No, that's not what he's saying. What did I do to these people for what? For what did he do? These guys really I did all this work. I helped rebuild the temple, rebuild the city. I go back to retirement. I leave you guys alone for 10 minutes and look what happened. Is that what he's doing here? No. That's not what he's doing here. What's the key phrase in there? For you. For you. What did I do for you? I did this for you. This whole thing about what is love. Paul says to let your words speak words of love seasoned with salt. What does that mean? A time Paul is pretty nice, a time he is a hammer dropper. So how do we know when it's about love? It was about love each time. The same motivation to say you are a son of the devil to a false teacher in front of the people is the same motivation that has him be silent and take beatings at times. Love is the motivation. And because he's driven by the spirit, he knows when to, he knows when to step up and he knows when to stay down. And Trump, what you have is somebody that's not driven by the spirit of God. And so you get isolated moments of greatness. But they cannot be sustained without that. And invariably, the guy, the guy in, in 24 months goes from the dude moved the embassy to J- downtown Jerusalem when 30 years of American presidents didn't have the balls to do it, to a guy that is literally trapped inside the Oval Office by his own staff and treated like... We think we watch them treat Biden just without dementia, just to be led around, to be told what time to talk, to be told when to stop talking. Now I, now, if anything, I actually have more sympathy for how he handled the White House corner the press briefings. Now I can see why he did it. Why? Because remember, at the time we we're like, please stop doing these, right? Mm-hmm. I can see now why he used them for a an, good point. for an outlet. I can see why. Because they treated him like a child when he wasn't out there in control. If he didn't have control of the microphone himself, he is treated like a child by his staff, not the president. So I can see why. Almost like, dude, I got an hour here. I got some things to get off my chest. Let's roll. But you can't can't govern like that. There's no self-control there. You may have the right instincts, but without the work of the Spirit of God actively in your life, you will not be able to direct them. Into something that is sustainable, sustainably good. And we're gonna watch this play out here in the Trump presidency as we continue with this book study. Cool question. Three non political questions are next. Excessive sweating happens at the worst times. No, I'm not talking about when you're on the elliptical, the treadmill, or working out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're, well, when you you think you're going uh, on a private plane uh, from Willow Run to Eden Prairie, Minnesota for uh, just a formality, and you bring the whole family and everything with you, and you think you're about to be hired by an NFL team, and then a few hours into it after they show you the facility... You realize that this is a nine hour interview and the questions just got harder. That's, that's, you know, not saying that that maybe happened to anybody in the last 24 hours, but that's what I mean. The kind, those are the situations where, uh oh, right? That's, that's when we start talking about excessive sweating or, you know, you get pulled over by, you're a defensive coordinator at a national championship level program and you get pulled over by the cops uh, and uh, they ask you to take a breathalyzer. You know, not saying that's in the news at all right now, right? Either, you know, but that's when you start sweating. You're like, uh oh, I'm gonna be on Sports Center tonight for all the wrong reasons, right? All right. these are the moments that you want to make sure you are in control of your situation, and our friends at Sweatblock can help you with that. Uh, Their wipes, you put them under your pits before you go to bed at night, uh, you're good to go for several days. They also have a fantastic deodorant that I have used, uh, and they've got deodorant lotions for some of those more sensitive regions that can get excessively sweaty as well. Uh, if you want to try it, um, it's a great product, and you can get it right now at sweatblock.com for 20% off with the promo code Dace, D-E-A-C-E, the promo code Dace. Don't get caught in the middle of a nine-hour interview with an NFL team halfway through and you realize, oh, this is not what I thought I was flying here for. Or don't be a defensive coordinator at a national championship-level program and, oh, yeah, uh, this is a breathalyzer test. Don't let that happen to you. Be prepared. All right, sweatblock.com, promo code Dace, 20% off right now. Promo code Dace at sweatblock.com. Let's get to three questions.
1: bring your five-month-old to Grammy and Grandpa's house, and as you're walking in the door, you realize you forgot his breakfast, lunch, and afternoon snack. That causes people to sweat. Not that I have any experience with that. Whoops. Three questions, hopefully distracting us from the demise and fall of Western civilization. Uh, Question number one. What's the worst part about robot umpires? (laughs) Oh.
0: Todd's incessant whining about it. That will be the worst part. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the the, the worst, second worst, and third worst will be that you've given Mr. Vinegar is a delicacy over here. Yet another axe, an ornery axe, another Gran Torino axe to grind. That's the worst part of it. Further adding to his insufferability.
2: That is it. That's the nicest thing you ever said about me. (laughs) I knew you would take it that way. Yes. All of it. But here's the word. Aaron and I talked about this, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. I don't even know how it came up. But the, this is, I, this is I, I mean this. It's dehumanizing. It And it's why we have so many of the problems we do, why we can't talk to each other, why we are just a mark to the other side, uh, why, why instead of being patients, uh, we're just, we're, we're themes, we're data... We, we have dehumanized each other to such an extent that this place this game that is supposed to be a luxury item it is it needs it people can't just can't even if human frailty exists in it on any level if Mm. the stank stone isn't quite consistent enough if we didn't get that that i mean really they're they're reviewing now plays that are bang bangers that are this much that's life you get it you don't get it a guy comes out and argues a little bit about and then you move on with life we're incapable of moving on we dwell we obsess it's and now listen it Part of talk sports radio, you know. If there's I've got no pro I've I've been on all sides of this. I've coached high school sports, I've umpired professional baseball. I, I I get all of it. I have no problem arguing with an official for doing a bad job. But honestly, now we're so obsessed with it now, and also maybe because it's connected to all we talk more about the officiating and the the betting on games now on sports radio, then we actually talk about the contests themselves in many cases. We've lost sight of what we're doing with this. It's a human enterprise. That, what was the great uh, wild world of sports? The, 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 the thrill of victory, victory the, agony the agony of, agony of defeat, of defeat yeah. all of that in there. Dun, 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 dun. And now we just want this sterile, ridiculous thing. I... It is dehumanizing at its core, and I'll die on this hill. It's really, really bad. That, and that is why I would get rid of all of instant replay in all sports. We don't need to get it right. If you think we do, no, this is, listen, here's a statistic. Did you guys see this? It just came out yesterday. I retweeted it. 64% of, I think it was American males. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? They they would rather have their sp- their football team win the Super Bowl, then have sex with their wife. That's the kind of dehumanizing nonsense that has become part of our sports fandom. I, it it's sickening. We're lost. We're a lost people. And yes, that statistic I just mentioned has everything to do with robot umpiring. It does. We're supposed to be connected. Our God is Trinitarian. It's personal. We're taking the people out of it. It was absurd last year, and I think it was in single A where they did this. The robot umpire had a glitch. It was a slider or something like that way, I mean, not just way out of the zone. And it, for some reason, rung up as a strike. And the umpire's job, apparently, is just to sit there and say, you're out. And we act like, well, what what happens? Like, in, Steve, your pitcher a pitcher. Galar- Galarago got the perfect Abe robbed of him. Is was that his name? Yep. Now, what, yes. Would it be nice to have instant replay? And that's I, I can appreciate that argument. But you act as if there's no alternative. We couldn't in, in, in baseball couldn't have a situation which isn't allowed for now. You know what? In sometimes the crew chief or everybody else, there's you guys have buttons now we click that button we get together and talk and if we everybody else whose job you were just a fan there all you that's the thing it's amazing when it's your job to suddenly make the call sometimes you pucker up but if you know you're that other umpire and you're still seeing that play and everybody knows yeah we kicked that one you overrule it the people do it if we can't do it there how the hell are we ever going to deal with COVID this is that important
1: see I was it's funny I was going to go there um Robot umpires and parents not being able to see their sick kids in Western Australia hospitals are the same story. Yep, It really is. Thank you, Aaron. God it's it's bless absolutely you. the same story.
0: I cannot believe we got a homily. Yeah. And a, and a good one, by the way, <laughs> yeah. off of robot umpires. No, but, it's,
1: it's the same story. Seriously, though. This pursuit of zero COVID, this utopian notion that we can control yeah. every single outcome, and the the robot umpires, it's the same thing. When I first started working here, I thought Todd's Todd's thing with the replay review, and to a lesser degree, you, Steve, mm-hmm. I thought it was just like a you know Gen X kind of boomerish curiosity that's kind of funny the longer this goes on don't no, no, it's it's literally progressive utopianism playing out within sports the idea not that we can get better but that we have to be perfect that we can be perfect that's fundamentally progressive
0: okay you you, you might have struck a chord with me on this that you ha- that had not i'd not considered before and then when aaron added there as a corollary we have to have accountability though yeah okay of course so if you're willing to uh, i'm willing to go uh, with an outright ban of all instant replay in every sport if there is an, uh, an ability to appeal calls to other members of the crew particularly the crew chief who's the crew chief in a baseball umpire crew the referee who's on who who announces the penalties in an NFL crew or a college crew all right if we because then then if they somebody's accountable, mm-hmm. the idea that it's just part of the game because here's what I, I gets I bother I'm bothered by that everyone else is accountable when they f up everyone else is and we know all their names
2: mm-hmm.
0: there's no accountability really for the officials or anything else I don't know we just uh, all right? make them available to the media so if you're gonna be the crew chief which I would guess comes with power and money you get that accountability then all right. Somebody blows a clear pass interference call. We're not going to review or anything like that. I'm gonna, I want to appeal to the crew chief. Did you see that? No? Because you're the one that's going out in front of the media and yeah. everybody else yeah. and answering see. for it. So there's, So I'm fine getting rid of the, the, the pursuit of perfection. I'm fine with it then, finally, provided it is substituted with with accountability. See the the, the case yeah. of the tiger pitcher, that umpire yes. came out right afterwards and said, "Man, I completely blew that. Yeah. I'm so sorry." What's his face that blew the World Series for the Cardinals or whatever in '85? Denkinger De- never did that. Okay, there must be some accountability. Mm-hmm. If
2: if we get rid of perfection in in, in exchange for accountability, yeah. then I'm okay with it. Yeah, and there's it, like this is baseball we're talking about. I don't. There's other sports that have to deal with their own way. But li- listen, if I like the appeal. I, I, you, I, you wouldn't necessarily need to put a limit on them, throw in, you only get three or something like that. But within baseball, there, listen, if, if you come out on that play, <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. If you come out uh, every single play that you don't disagree, you don't agree with a bank, a whacker at first base, as they're called, yep. you know, that's this. If you come out on, no, then I'm going to run you. Because we're not doing this for every single place. Sometimes they're just that close. Um, they're, You know, so it's never going to make everybody happy, but that's okay. We're not, we, we're seeking a utopia with this. A sterile, stupid, disgusting utopia.
0: Then, fine. No more utopia, more accountability then. Fine. All right. Before we get to the rest of three questions, let me tell you about our friends over at Home Title Lock. How much equity do you have in your home? You know, you can find out the hard way. Uh, through a cyber crime known as home title theft. Uh, you don't want to find out uh, this way, by the way, because it can be very, very expensive. It can cost you all of the equity that you've got stored up in your home. That's why you want to protect your home's title with home title lock. Uh, the deed to our homes are often kept uh, online, uh, and those deeds are typically the only record that we own that home. In minutes, a competent criminal can forge your name off the deed to your house and then refile as the new owner. And I know it sounds like something you only see as plots in the movie, but it absolutely is real. It does happen. I've even walked through the process of how it could happen to me and talked to people that it's happened to. So if you want to make sure it doesn't happen to you, protect your most important investment and asset, your own home, at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that is HomeTitleLock.com. Dot .com. All right, these next two questions, a bit of a lightning round.
1: Ah, uh, this one's going to take a little bit of time, but I just want your guess, uh, your 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 gut reaction on this. What is the, not your, what is the Mount Rushmore of current athletic stadiums? Uh, the Rose Bowl? Yep. Uh, Michigan Stadium? Um, you're just saying, you're saying that it's trying to put off the the Michigan bias as much as possible,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, Sports Illustrated just rated it like the number 2 Football stadium and the history of the sport.
2: This is any sport, by the yep, way. Any sport. sport.
0: I would go with Yankee Stadium. Just are we going
2: to outdoor stadiums,
0: mm-hmm. right? Outdoors. Yeah. Okay, because if it's indoors, it's impossible. So let's yeah. do a separate category one day for those. So outdoors, um, Michigan Stadium, the Rose Bowl, Yankee Stadium. Um, what about Fenway? Yeah,
2: you know, it's got to be Fenway, Wiggly, I
0: would take Lambeau. I would do Fenway because of the Green Monster. Yeah, so I'll do Fenway.
2: Yankee's all new. It's not,
0: Yeah, I, I don't...
2: Yankee Stadium's uh, new. <sighs> Fenway, Wrigley, Lambo. All right, fine.
0: Okay, fine. New York has enough acclaim anyway. So I'll go Fenway and Wrigley instead. Okay.
2: Todd? I need one more. Uh, what what is that? What other sport are we missing? Something that's amazing.
0: I. You know what I thought about was Wembley Stadium, just because yeah. of how much history has gone on in that sure. stadium. I thought about that. Okay. Uh, but then I remembered I'm an ugly American.
2: Is there another football stadium that's either college... I mean, I don't even think of a quintessential one. Oh, Notre, see, Dame, you, Notre Dame Stadium oh. is a
1: direct copy of our stadium.
0: It, yeah. It, it, so, literally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did you say uh, Green Bay Packers? Yeah, he yeah, 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 you knew really sure. that was first. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's move on to the, the horseshoe. Oh, yeah. The horseshoe is pretty good. Yeah, that's no, pretty that's, iconic. Uh, yeah. What was the busiest time in your life, and how did you deal with it? Or is it right now?
0: No, the busiest time in my life was... Um, the six months leading up to the Iowa caucuses on the cruise campaign, do, working that full time while doing this show and everything else I do mm-hmm. full time, doing all of those things at the exact same time. Um, that was absolutely the busiest time in my life. Plus being a f- mm-hmm. father and uh husband and everything else. Absolutely that was the most that was the busiest time of my life.
2: Well, when I started here in the transition. From my old job at the register to here, there were, um, my, my agreement was, Steve, we were betting on the common; and it's all come through and then some on that. But it was, uh, a, I had to ultimately uh, augment uh, uh, working here with some other. So in the morning, I was doing a very early morning job and I was then working here. And then in the summer, I would umpire high school baseball. So it was like a 3 a.m. to like 9 p.m summer like every single day that was and then being a dad and a husband and all that so that was pretty pretty dicey real quick on the previous question someone said what about Augusta National is that a stadium that's no
0: not a stadium that's not a stadium it's a golf course yeah okay I mean but I
2: like iconic I mean see where well I mean yeah. I
0: would maybe put that yeah. right next to the Rose Bowl in terms of all-time iconic yeah. but it's not
2: it, I appreciate it. Who, thinking out of the box go, go ask cool. the
0: people I, I, I pre- go ask the people at Augusta National hey I like your stadium how do you think they would take that do you think <laughs> Get the bleep out of here. That's how they no take that. No golf clap? Is yeah, that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah. And, uh, go ahead, Aaron. Your answer. Sorry. Uh,
1: let's see. I, I would say probably, I think it was the spring semester of my sophomore year in college. It was. I had an internship and a, and a part-time job that I took extra shifts on and going to school full-time along with orchestra and stuff. Those were like 4 a.m. to nine or 10 p.m. days uh in the dead of winter in minnesota that that was that was a probably the busiest few months of my life although right now it seems busy it's really not that busy busy it's just taking care of a little one is is uh you know it takes up a lot of your
2: time i had four age six or under at yeah. one time aaron so yeah. Uh, we're uh, yeah that's why i said it, it keep plugging along yeah that's why it's
1: not my busiest time of life right now.
0: Well, we're going to talk about one of those. They're a little bit more grown up now. Coming up in the overtime today, uh, we're going to record that right now uh, for Blaze TV subscribers at com Slash Dace for the rest of you. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.